Listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth, and we're surrounded by dogs. And I'm still at the, hopefully, at the tail end of my little vocal problem. Oh, dogs tail end. That's funny. Thank Look you. Look at you being funny. But it's been a bummer. It's been a fight. A with bummer this, for who? For Not this, for me. Uh, this voice. But I'm starting. I'm getting back into tea. I've had periods in my life where I've getting into tea, and I really like the way tea makes you feel. Kind so, of chill. Yeah, no, tea's good. I mean, are you doing like I just loose bought. tea, loose leaf, or are you doing Lipton's? Yeah. I just, I, the, just this straight bag. Look, I'm going to buy a kettle. I've been using, I've been making it where I, where I boil water in these big, you know, yeah. pots, and then I have to pour it in a little cup. So I'm going out and buying a tea kettle. I suggest the thing I got because then it heats it really quick, and then you use a tea thing. But here's the thing: you're going to go buy a kettle, but yet you're still wearing your clown shoes. You don't. Have, you only have one pair of shoes. Yet you're going to go buy a kettle. Seth Get is, some shoes, dude. Seth has been really, really nice and sending me all these um, bargain sneakers, and I'm going to buy a pair. I appreciate I mean, you thinking of me. I really money. do appreciate you thinking of me. Got to take care of your shoes. And oh, your feet, really. Other people think of us. Osiris. That's right, the Osiris Podcast Network. They were nice enough to think of us and include us into their world. We may be the best kept secret in that world, but we're proud to be in the world. Um, I have an interview, a possible interview with Mark Brownstein. Oh, really? So I've been listening to... What do you mean possible? I thought you worked it out. Well, he's on the road with new Master Sounds and Star Kitchen's the opener. So they have to they have to adhere with, you know, there's quick turnarounds and such. So he's not sure he'll have the time. But if you remember from the last time, he made time in a day when they were extremely busy. So I have a feeling, you know, as long as we're set up and ready to go, we'll, we'll, we'll make time. And also Pete Shand of new Master Sounds. But the point being, I've been listening to Touchdowns all day. John Touchdowns Barber. Touchdowns all day. I've been listening to just the Disco Biscuits myself, not the podcast. But I've been listening to them too. It's It's been really fun getting back they've got a bunch of new songs they're clearly reinvigorated they're getting back on the road i would argue that this podcast touchdowns all day that john does has, has gotten him fired up about being in the disco biscuits again one of the well, things hold on though but he was fired he was fired up i'm listening to the capitol theater shows from before when 
before the podcast started. And I got to tell you, Rob, I ran a 10K. I just do 5Ks normally. I was listening to that, and I was thinking about you Rico. Scott, may you rest in peace. Yeah, I miss you, Rico. And, um, and also, I, shout out to Joey Callahan. We'll have more on that in a future episode. So I'm running my 5K, and I just, I'm like, you know what? Do it for Rico. And I pushed myself a little bit more, which ended up being a total of a 10K, listening to the cap shows. Uh, Disco Biscuits, that is the best running music there is. It's running music. It's fantastic. It's the best music to run to. Hands down. Touchdowns all day. Go ahead. I used to sweat like I was running at shows because I would dance so hard back in 99, 2000, 2001. I mean, they would work me up like a top. Um, but the show, a lot of times, he'll, he'll break down the jams. He'll play the jams and break down exactly what's happening, the interaction, what the ideas are going out, the key changes, and all that kind of stuff. It's and really- how like one musician picks up and he's like, yeah, yes. so then... This music, you know, and Magner started playing the riff that I was doing. That and I that's spot, that, and that that's why Brownie starts doing that. And yeah, it's really really cool. And also, he's just a personable, funny, genuine funny. guy. He really is funny, dude. He's a mad scientist, isn't he? Yes, he's an extremely. So just, check that out on I, the Osiris I, I, Network, and, and I, please, Osiris O S I R I S Pod dot com. When I go like this, that means I'm making a point. Trying to make a point to continue. Oh, I thought you were giving me like, yeah, bro. No, no, no. Read, well, you know, read, read the body language. Well, welcome to the fight. But also, we'd like to thank Nugs.net for uh, being a sponsor. We would like you to go to Nugs.net and use the code InsideOut. You will help us out. And you will you can get a subscription. This Nugs.net so app thirty percent. Yeah, and you save thirty percent off the annual subscription. And this Nugs.net app is awesome. You can there's so many different bands. There's that's where I was listening to the Disco Biscuits. Is song. that right? Yeah, that's right. There's yeah. you got all the Jack White stuff. You got Pearl Jam. You got Bruce. You got they just all. added that. Yeah, the Rock and Tours. They got some stuff there now. Um, it's just old amazing. stuff, new stuff. You go to the artist page, and it's just all kinds of different stuff. You can even go by year. So say you want to look up. You know, there's some year of significance. Go ahead. The thing is, it's not just that, though, Rob. It's not just like archive.org. The thing is, it's not audience recordings. These are soundboard, really good quality recordings. That's great. And did you see how I stopped talking when you made a signal? Learning moment. So today we have a great episode. We, we have uh, two wonderful artists from Portland, Oregon. So nice to be shining a light on Portland because there's a lot of great stuff going on there. Yeah, it's a dark place. When I when I first uh, when we first interviewed Mimi Naja, I was like, boy, it's not a big acoustic music scene in Portland. That was actually my, and I think in the past that might have been true, but apparently these days there is just a burgeoning acoustic songwriter scene, and we have Taylor Kingman. Who? Taylor Kingman. Who? TK and the Holy Know Nothings. Jacob Anderson knows who he is. Jacob, the absolutely freaking brilliant guitarist and songwriter of fruition. He is a member of the Holy Know Nothings, as is their drummer, Ty Tom. Mm-hmm. We got the privilege of seeing them, but we'll we'll talk about that. I know Rob's anxious to share that Ugh. with you all. Really good stuff. But I, wanna- I'm, I'm smitten by the music. I mean, the lyrics are amazing. The musicianship that it's just, yeah. Well, let's so go good. ahead and tell the story. This, it, it, this friend of ours, Jeff, invited us to a, a, a house concert at these other folk, Jim and Maggie's house. This guy, Jim, is a bit of an audiophile. And they, we walked downstairs into this house and it's <sighs> in the basement thinking... Uh, Thinking it's like an acoustic show. We didn't look at. We didn't. We didn't even know what band we, we were going know to see. What we, we were look. getting into. We thought we were just going to go out to, to people's houses, party. Maybe some pe- couple guys are going to sit on chairs. Maybe one of them would be in fruition or whatever. We go downstairs. There's a full stage, full light show. It's all decked Mi- out. Micro bar, micro micro venue. Tons of wonderful food. I brought. I brought desserts. 
Yes, you I do. I brought desserts that I can't even eat because I'm fat. <laughs> At any rate, though, we get down there and... The band was just incredible. It was just organic. It was riveting. They were totally focused. The people in the room in front of the band were totally focused. And there's just something about, I don't know, when the, all the focus is that hard and then the musicians are playing that aggressively, but on point, uh, it was, I, I don't want to use the word magical, but oops, there he I did. He did it. This, this kid, Tyler Kingman, writes some... F- he just, it cuts to you. It's so relatable, it can be disturbing at times because it's relatable not about our, our greatest parts, but as I say in the beginning of this interview, there's also, it's also laced with hope. So, And I, would, I describe their music as rustic, soulful Americana with a hint of ragtime blues. And I'm, I'm the first to knock Seth down with his generic uh, descriptions, but I thought, he sent that to me the next morning. I thought he nailed it. I thought you nailed it. That was well, well done, Seth. And I think it's so, po- sober September, so you, I really listen to the show. You listening, Josh? You might want to throw that in the press kit. That's Seth Weiner quote, because Seth is a celebrity on the show. Oh. We all know that. So hang, hang tight, but we also want you to hang for the Shook Twins. That's right. That's Two very right. talented sisters. They're very strikingly uh, similar looking. They think Both a lot alike. Um, they also, they're just real sweet folks, and they have a, new, a brand new CD, Some Good Lives. And they're dropping some stuff on EP, the, some EPs, right? Yep, they're the going to be sneaking, so out sneaking out songs as they tour. Uh, we had a nice... Well, you know what? Why don't we... Uh, hey, Spencer, why don't you go ahead and play a little bit of the... Spencer Diamond Rose Street here. Studios. Thank you, yes. Spencer. There so, it is. The Shook Twins. Very nice. And if I may say... Well, why don't we let us play out for a second? Thanks for- 
a new period uh, for them because they've just added a couple musicians and as we learn in the interview later in this episode it has really fleshed out their sound they're uh, much more clu- uh, uh, eclectic eclectic they've yeah. added um, dis- disco and soul and other styles psychedelia fun. they're fun we enjoyed that just they're fun to talk with yes we just sat on Decatur Commons and uh, surrounded by kids playing nobody nobody uh, paid us the time of day voices there you go nobody gave us the time of day or paid attention it was perfect I, a really idyllic interview setting. Yes. Uh, well, I want to Speaking say of idyllic, more. hi, Harris. Harris Sullivan, thank you for your help. Cole Boudreau, thank you for your help. So what's interesting about the Shook Twins being on the show, right around fruition, you interviewing... Kellen, Acebrook. And us seeing TK in the... In the Holy no-nothings. See, we're trying to be like twins, finishing each other's sentences. Oh, that's <laughs> absolutely f- mind-blowing creativity, so. <laughs> All right, thank you. No, but... Just just to take a moment here, it's kind of interesting that these musicians all hit Atlanta at the same time and our interviews all connected. I mean, this wasn't the plan at all. I mean, we had we had fruition coming through. We were going to do that, Shook Twins, but all the connection there is kind of interesting with Portland and everything else. And so. I love the symbiosis between TK and the Holy No Nothings and Fruition. Fruition's clearly helping them out. Two of their members are... In TK and the Holy Know Nothings, one, Kellen, who I interviewed, sat in with them at the house party, and, the, and Mimi, wonderful Mimi Naja, she sat in with them at, at, at uh, the Terminal West, which, by the way, Mimi's family was at the show. Was a oh, really, yeah, but she's from Atlanta. You yes, know. and it was just, a, 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 at points, emotional and just incredible fruition show that we were treated to on that night. We'll hear about it more next when we release that episode in conjunction with some fruition music next month. That's right, Rob Turner. All right, let's uh, jump into it, yeah? Yes. When I wake up, I don't wake up Until I crawl inside a coffee cup Full of speed and powder drugs and coffee When I get to work, I don't get to work Until I get my brain another jerk With a couple keep-me-goings and a calm-me-down some folks will automatically They rise and fall just like God would have And life's disease is just pressing the gas and going Well, I wish I could but spent a lot of years Trading the tides for coffee and beers And now I gotta shift my own busted gears I'm a manual And when it's happy hour it ain't happy hour Till a couple rounds, tall, strong, and sour Get to shining up my smile for you to see And when it's time to chill, don't got time to chill Until I get my watch to start standing still And I know how, but that sure will be expensive Oh, some folks roll out of man They rise and fall just like God would have Life's disease is just pressing the gas and going Well, I wish I could but spent a lot of years Trading the tides for coffee and beers And now I gotta shift my own busted gears I'm a manual I need my chemicals To keep this vehicle So, uh, last Saturday night I was at a house party in Kennesaw it was a good time. Jim and Maggie, right? That's right. 
Thank you, Jeff, for inviting us. And uh, I've seen a lot of house party concerts, usually folk stuff, mm-hmm. but partly because of the sound and the view and the people, but a lot because of you, it was the greatest house concert I've ever been to. All right. Folks, I'm sitting here with Taylor Kingman. He is the frontman and principal songwriter of TK and the Holy Know Nothings, a great band that's out on the tour with Fruition. They're borrowing two members of Fruition. Actually, Jay Cobb and, and drummer Tyler are playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in the band, but yeah, yeah. Permanent. They're permanent members, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. This is a great record, and then you played the whole thing at that party, right? We did, yeah. So you, you, were, born just out, you were born in Portland, but grew up just outside of Portland. I was born, yeah, I was born in a hospital in Portland, and I grew up in St. Paul, Oregon, which is really close to Newburgh. St. Paul's a really small rodeo town, like 400-some people. So how'd you find music at the age of 12 in that town? Um, a lot of it was due to um, my father was a, an avid music listener and go to a lot of concerts and go to record stores, um, and me and him bonded over that, so he would take me to lots of shows at a young age, like more like two or three times a week doing that and also getting records and stuff. Really? Yeah. What shows stand out the most to you? The first things we did a lot of was like, I think we like started making it a thing of going to like the Waterfront uh, Blues Fest in Portland. That's definitely the first thing I really wanted to do before songwriting was I really wanted to be like a blues guitarist. Um, and then I actually found the blues and that's when I started writing songs and putting nice. the guitar down a little more. Um we would go to a lot of drive-by truckers shows as well. I remember that, like the Fleece Brothers. Um, at drive-by truckers, technically from Alabama, but we, we claim them here in Georgia. Hell yeah. I just saw them at a big concert last week um, it's, uh, in honor of the Fox Institute. has It's an uh, organization the Fox Theater does mm-hmm. to support theaters. Cool. And uh, Kevin Kinney and a bunch of other people fronted three-quarters of R.E.M. Oh, right and on. And the drive-by truckers were the headline at that show. Very cool. And so you must like Jason Isbell as well. I do, yeah. So then you get a little older, you start writing your own songs. Mm-hmm. You formed a band, um, is it The Hill? The Hill Dogs. Hill Dogs. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I'm not in my best voice right now. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but one of your great writing spurts was a result of you blowing your voice out. Right. Is that correct? Yeah, I played in The Hill Dogs. So that started at the, at the end of uh, high school. Um, we were all in high school together in Newburgh. Um, we did that for six or so years. And in that band, I was doing a lot of aggressive singing, and and I just never learned to sing healthily and properly, so I was just blowing it out constantly. And with us going on the road and doing it every night, eventually I was just like going... It was already bad, and I just pushed it off the cliff. Did it literally blow out in the middle of the show? Uh, no, it just like it just... It used to be where I could blow it out, and then it would come... It would like recover in a day, and it just got the recovery rate... That's like uh, took longer and longer to the point where I just I didn't have the range to sing the songs at all, so we had to like halt the band for me to fix that. For how long? I mean, the band hasn't really come back together since then, which is just something that happened with. I mean, we all had our lives, you know, and like because we had to stop the band, other things needed to happen, right. you know. So I still would like to play um, again with those with those folks. They're dear friends of mine. It just scheduling's been tough. But yeah, so I blew my voice out, and then during that process, so I still was writing songs and still wanted to be singing, but it got me to sing a lot quieter and sing different, and I took some vocal lessons and some different things. So how many of these songs come out of that period? Or these nine? Um, I'm pointing to the uh, let's CD. See. He is recre- they've recorded their first CD, and they're already at work on their second, I'm, I'm told. 
I'd say like Alone and Emmanuel and Devil's Point for sure. Those and Deja Vu. Those are quieter numbers. Um, and some of them, like Good Stuff and Lord, Why'd You Make Me, were written when I still was with the Hill Dogs. Maybe not Good Stuff. Definitely Lord. Lord is a, a really old song that I just never had a place for. And um, and then a lot, and then the other ones were kind of written while I was playing in the band as well. And I want to ask you about some of those songs, but first, how do, how do you find the musicians that you're with now? Of course, Jay Cobb mm-hmm. and Tyler from Fruition, mm-hmm. and then the other two, one of which uh, brings the sexy to the album cover. What's yeah, Sidney Nash yes. and I Louis got, Longmire. I got to hang out with him at the party. He's a trip. Yeah, they're all great. Um, I, well, I've lived in Portland uh, for about, I think, six years, and so like, it started for me playing in the Hill Dogs. That's when I first met It was Jay and T-Tom. At a small festival um, at Hoarding's Hideout, um, an area that holds a few festivals uh, a year in Portland, um, or outside of Portland. Um, and then then I, and the Hill Dogs in Fruition did a lot of stuff together as well. Um, and me and Jay had started writing songs together and getting closer and closer. And then I found Sydney through the same, same like music scene in Portland when he was playing in another band. And then I found Louis um, when Louis... Uh, now is one of the owners of the Laurel Thirst, which is my favorite bar in Portland, and so it's a bar we all frequent. It has a lot of old Portland history, and uh, he asked me to start uh, hosting an open mic on Sundays there, and from that I got to know him more and got to know that place more and more of the, the history of that spot and all these bands, and one of the bands, the Freak Mountain Ramblers, were the Happy Hour band. Laurel Thirst has a Happy Hour from 6 to 8, uh, a band that plays during that time for free every day of the week. And those end up, like, those have a deep history of just uh, bands that have been doing that for, like, a decade, like, every week playing these gigs. And Freak Mountain Ramblers were one of those as a band led by Jimmy Boyer. And I got to, like, hear that before hosting every every Sunday. And then I, me and Louis started, uh, he needed a sub for... Um, I think it was a band, Denver, that's on the same label as us, Mama Bird, mm-hmm. who Louie plays in. I, be- I began like to be Louie's sub when he couldn't play guitar. And now we're both in the band. He plays bass and I play guitar. But just like stuff like that, just like, uh, I don't know, like slowly meeting all these folks, like me being a guitar. Also, like when I blew my voice out, I started picking up a lot of guitar gigs because I needed, I was only playing, like music was my only living um, at that time. And so I, need, I need to fill it with a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah. <laughs> so that that I got to know a lot of people from that because I was filling in for a lot of bands and stuff. But but you said you write it. You started writing with Jacob. How do you remember meeting him the first time? Yeah, it was at a, a festival called Rain Dance um, at Horning's Hideout. That was Jacob. That was the first time. That was, was the first he with time fruition I met him. or with others. He was with Fruition. Yeah, and the Hill Dogs were really young. I think we were still under twenty-one. Um, that was a. That was a wild, wild time. But these songs are mostly you, right? Those songs are all me. Yep. Me and Jay have just written, like, when we can in different times. Like, in in other records, we'll have some songs that me me and Jay Jay wrote together. But it's cool, because a lot of musicians brag of their misery and like to live dangerously. But you do it so eloquently, and you you don't... There's still hope, like Alone, which seems like a dark song at first, but there's still hope in there, right? Yeah, totally. Is that intentional, or is that just the way the song came out i think that's i mean yeah i mean i think it's intentional but also very much unintentional because it's like i could like like i don't know i'd be dead if there wasn't any hope at all in me you know what i mean it's like there's like i'm being honest with myself about how i feel but there's still something 
you know, at the end of the day, it's keeping me going, keeping all of us going. It's like we're alone, but we're alone together. Let's have some fun with it. Let's like, let's be honest, but let's like, let's dance and make fun of it at the same time. Right. That's all, there's a lot of making fun. There's a lot of stark making yeah. fun of yourself, but it's almost you get the sense that maybe it's therapeutic as well. Absolutely. On a nightly basis too. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Emmanuel initially seems like it's about a guy, but then when the couple of the stanzas end with Emmanuel instead of Emmanuel, uh-huh. you start to wonder if it's a, a trucker who feels objectified or something like that, or feels too commanded. It feels like his life is regulated beyond his control to it's, such an extent that he has to take a pill to make love to his wife. That's kind of thing, right? Am I on it? It's it's actually a little simpler than that. So, uh, okay. like, and it can't like um, that. So, at the open mic that I host, I always have a song challenge each week for people to like it's just like a phrase or a word to get people writing and then we share those um, so that one I think was was manual it was just manual um, and being the host like I definitely was like I need to be writing these songs um, each week so that was like it was like I think I wrote it in a day or like right before it was very quickly written and I just always had a phrase where I would describe like my you know like drug use and I would say that some people are automatics or some people are manuals and I would always just that would just be like a thing I would say and I'd, I'd you know describe that for a second and riff on it so I just used that to start writing the song so it's more just like it was just me like describing a bunch of different ways how you could be using chemicals to goose, goose your activities along and stuff right um, and then also just like like it, it was not very like it just happened really fast and the fact that like I was saying I'm Emmanuel, it just sounded like I was saying I'm Emmanuel, so that became the song. <laughs> She's ready for sex, I ain't ready for sex, and I sneak a pill from my bedside chair. I'm Emmanuel And when it's time to sleep I don't go to sleep Till I smoke a big old bowl of weed Now I wash it down with cold and flu relief And talk about the good stuff Hey, some folks roll out of man They rise and fall just like God would have And life's disease is just pressing the gas and going Best songs? The best songs come fast. I mean, are there I, any I, that you've labored over that really you ended up really satisfied with? I think that happens. Uh, yeah, that does happen still too. There's lots of songs I've worked on for years or something, but it definitely feels the best when they just fall out in five minutes and they're great. And I think that song could only be written like that. You know what I mean? If I labored over that, I think it would ruin the song. Certain songs I feel like can be labored over. I feel like that one needed to just let it flow. Yeah. <laughs> Like when you bring them to the to these guys, are you just showing them the chords and you know saying put your feeling into it, or are you also giving them a sense of what's behind the song so that they're informed with that when they approach the studio recording of it? Uh, for the most part, I mean, we just we all know each other so well already, um, and this the 
the band came together more just like I got this gig in Portland at a small honky tonk the landmark which is another one of my favorite bars and they asked me to play once a month there and I was having coffee with uh, Jay and Tom, I think and I was just like are you guys in town for these you know because they have such a busy touring schedule with oh, fruition yeah. but it just so happened they were back in town for like five of those I was like oh let's do it so that's when I started the band and we started out doing these three hour gigs at that bar so we got together and we were just like making these songs really really quickly and I had all these songs that I didn't know what to do with for a while because I've been wanting to do a more country leaning project my own brand of it and so I guess what I'm getting at is like most of all this like the arranging and us playing together is very natural we don't talk like we don't have to we don't labor over much it's usually just like like we do fine tune things, but it's mainly just everyone just kind of brings their but thing it's just to the Jay table. Will have these phrases that are so involved, but then just end at just the right moment for your lyric to come in. But that's yeah. just from you guys playing together. That's yeah, not, it's just knowing each other. That's awesome. Is you you a Tom Waits guy at all? I love Tom Waits. Yeah. Have you ever seen him live? I have yet to see him live. No, I'd love to. I mean, that's not an insult to say. I heard. <laughs> I hear him a lot. <laughs> kind of a bemused uh, wisdom of, that he holds in, in your songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Desert Rose? Is that your most allegorical? Is there a little meaning to that, or is that intentionally vague? Um, it started out as, like, I, I started out with a certain angle, and then I pivoted and wanted it to just be, yeah, like, vague, just about just, you know, like, kind of talking about the difference between love and possession. It's mainly like what's behind all of it. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I hate to... I hope you don't mind me. You don't... Anything you don't want to describe. <laughs> I respect a songwriter doesn't want to explain his stuff. The crowning jewel, though, seems to be Tunnel of a Dream. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? I mean, that's, that's one like of a, my favorite ones. That's a yeah. masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the story behind that one? Um, that was... I mean, in the literal sense, I was having some rough relationship... Uh, stuff happening in my life um and then it then it turned into more of just a kind of loop of kind of you know being born out of the womb in a sense like you're in this like comfortable beautiful space but you don't know any other atmosphere than that so you're curious you climb out of the womb it also can have like the same biblical sense of like leaving the garden or whatever. I don't yeah. know, you know. Sure. But, 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 like the curiosity taking you away, um, and then finding all the, the consequences of of that new reality. Yeah. And then making like it's basically like in, in the other literal sense or layer of it, it's like this person that's like in this you know kind of paradise where everything's fine, runs off, the sun goes down, and he's realizing that he's like no one's chasing him anymore. He's lost. He trips, breaks his leg, or breaks his ankle. And then as he's dying out in the woods alone, like, he's hallucinating back to the place where he started. And it's just a loop of, like, figuring out that. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. How, how are these songs gelling live? Are, are you surprised by how they're taking on a life of their own? Yeah, it feels very natural. We recorded it live. It was just, like, three days of, of doing that. So it's always... Always just felt. And I know you very much about the natural. song, but are you ever tempted to stretch them out? Or we do, we, we do stretch them. Yeah, yeah. We had to cut a ton of stuff off the recording to Is fit on right? the fit on the vinyl. Yeah. So the, for the box set <laughs> down the road. Yeah. And what what can we expect in the second? Besides, you said some collabs with Jay, mm-hmm. right? Um, I feel like with this one, like with our live show, like this this record is, it still has its humor, but 
I feel like it's a little more serious and has um, some heavier tones, which are, again, still going to be in the next record. But we have a lot of, like, really silly shit we do, and I think we want to introduce that side of ourselves in the second record, too. Well, there is a sense of humor in a lot of these <laughs> songs already, but not silly, I guess. Yeah, we have some songs that are, yeah, dumb. Dumb, <laughs> like, but they're That's really fun. Right. Do you do covers at all ever? On we the do, level? yeah. But while you're opening, you pretty much stick to your originals, do you think? Yeah, we have a shorter set. We want to stick to that. And then but, uh, Fruition's going off the road, and you guys are going to continue and go west, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of rooms? Do you have any idea? Uh, like honky tonks? Uh, I'm not really sure. I know we're playing uh, in Chicago and in, I think, Iowa City. We're going to end in Denver over at Cervantes, where we've played uh, multiple times and always have a, a good time. Great. And we're going to do a whole cover set of J.J. Kale before we play there. Cause we all... Yeah, I definitely hear J.J. in there, too. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Well, I appreciate your time. We, we, you got a sound check to go to. Mm-hmm. We got to sit down with Kellen. But uh, uh, how about one last thing? Who, who are some younger songwriters that are particularly influential to you? Uh, like young in what? Young in the country world or young in the uh, rock world or in the Portland scene? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I love the Fleece Brothers, uh, Cassie Velaza. Um, Let's see. How about the Shook Twins? I'm interviewing them tomorrow. I love the Shook Twins. Great Don't you friends. share a band member with them or something? We do. Sid no longer uh, is like a permanent member of their band, but he spent uh, some years playing with them, yeah. Cool. All right. What about Portlandia? You watch that show? I've seen it. Yeah. Is it? Has it, it, it has its moments. <laughs> <laughs> there, it, there are people like that exist. That's <laughs> not, not everyone, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not really the acoustic music scene people. So. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much. All right, thank you. Desert Rose Smells like heaven Desert Rose Stink like a human Desert Rose I am a foolish man I found heaven
what you don't hear in that interview and what happened is your voice after <laughs> is that I might have gauzed Taylor a little bit, but it was because I want to encourage him, and I don't know if he needs it or not, but he's a young guy who just absolutely nails the art of song crafting, in my opinion. He does, and he has a lot of dark spots in his songwriting, um, you know, darkness, and I hope that his life isn't like that, and I hope that he uh, doesn't fall into the abyss of darkness in the music industry. Abyss. Um, but it reminds me of the Neil Young Hall of Fame speech when uh, he said uh, something along, I'm not, I'm paraphrasing, but something like, well, a lot of you people think because of my songs I'm sad, but I- I'm doing okay, I'm I'm doing all right, you know, I'm, 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 I've got a good life, you know? And I think it's kind of like why funeral directors are the happiest people in the world. Sometimes people, when, when you can get the sadness out, it helps you be uh, a happier person, you know? When you actually analyze the sadness and break it down, you're aware of it, you're cognizant of it, I think it can be therapeutic. And I think he seems like a quiet, unassuming, but he does not seem off stage like an upset or troubled guy. He seems actually kind of mm. happy. I think he's pretty happy he's got Jacob Anderson in his band, that's for damn sure. <laughs> well. So, how did you first hear about Shook Twins? Did they reach out to us? No, no. Shook Twins, I uh, discovered them when they played Strings and Soul last year. And then they joined me for an activity and got to know them a little bit through doing that. So, yes, we, uh, we went in. We actually got to see the tail end of their soundcheck. I think they were working out one of their new songs. We're catching them at a, at a transition point for the band. Am my voice still having problems with my voice? Well, Seth is it's mad. just you. No, you're... You, because your voice is so low when you oh. talk when you talk quiet like this it you drop while off the radar and but, then you come back and so it's like really hard it like it's romantic gotta, though that's for the ladies when i talk quietly that's for you ladies or you or the gay men too of course the Anybody? one the one lady that's listening thank you uh Cindy Johnson from uh Delaware what about um uh, whatever we've got plenty of female listeners i know what you're talking about We've got two new ones because the Shook Twins said they're going to check us out. Oh, well, welcome to the show, Shook Twins. And should we welcome our listeners to you without further ado? Sitting on the commons of Decatur, right in downtown Decatur, surrounded by children and revelry, but nobody bothering us. It was perfect. Here are the Shook Twins. Over and over and over again. 
we're sitting here in lovely downtown Decatur, one of my favorite neighborhoods, uh, located right next to Eddie's Attic. And Rob, we are with Lori and Caitlin Shook. Hello. Hello. The Shook twins from Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the Dylan lyric? I mean, I, when I first heard the name a few years ago, I immediately thought of watching the River Flow. Do you know that song? No, no. Bob Dylan? Yeah. Oh. People Bob disagree. Dylan's a musician. Oh, a shut song. up, Seth. People disagree in every way you look. Makes you want to stop and read a book. Well, just yesterday I saw somebody that was really shook. Oh. So you guys should cover that one. Yeah. All right, Nobody's let's be. Thanks. Let's just get down to business here. <laughs> now, just a minute ago, you opened your van door and let me see the inside of this let wonderful you. van. <laughs> and most women have a thing of shoes, but the Shook twins, no. It's sunglasses. What's the deal? <laughs> is it every town you go, you get? Is it on your rider? Like, what's the story? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a good idea. That is correct. We have $2 sunglasses on our riders. <laughs> $2 sunglasses. Actually, They're $4, most- dollar, <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. They're mostly Nico's. Yeah, Nico actually has the sunglasses. Do they come with a case? A Nico case? Oh, oh boom. I got it out of the way, Rob. Go ahead. Oh, shit. Don't, don't be careful what you encourage, this? ladies. Can we cuss? Uh, yes. Okay. This is a... This this show is for the children's parents. <laughs> okay. Some good lives, a fleshing out of your sound. You've incorporated other elements, including disco. Yeah. Where the disco come from? Sydney uh, Nash. Yeah. The bass player. Former bass player that yeah. you just they, he just went and saw them at the, oh. in uh, TK and the Holy No Nothing. Oh, he told you about that, huh? Yeah. He quit our band for them, but we understand. <laughs> yeah. It oh, makes I didn't sense. Realize. Oh, okay. No, no, no. It's no, all it's good. Still, you know, it was all good. It wasn't. It wasn't legitly for that, but. We know it was slightly. So is that going to happen with J- uh, with uh, with Jay also? Oh. Is that was fruition going to? What's going on? Is, is this a thing? No, it's no. not a thing. Just not for just for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, there's no hard feelings. It's all good. <laughs> what a band, though, right? TK. Yeah, I mean, man, they're so rad. It's, so rad. Yeah, it's just on point for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. So. so talk about recording. You were in a library of, a, of something that used to be an old library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, it was a. Many things, I think. Yeah, this old brick, cool building, a lot of big windows and stuff in southeast Portland. Um, uh, worked with the engineer Justin Phelps. He was a, he just runs the place basically and just knows the gear. Has all this rad old vintage gear and knows how to use it. And he knows he knew exactly what how to make all the sounds. We would we produced it, self produced it, us and Nico. And uh, nice. uh, the the way we produce is like. How can we make a like a sound? Right. <laughs> so he's like, I got just the thing. <laughs> he whips out some pedal. It was so cool. Yeah, like trial and error must be involved a little bit, right? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. that and Mr. Wizard. Yeah, yeah, he's a wizard for sure. So it was a lot of fun. But that's got to feel good though to be able to have someone that can actually help you achieve that. I mean, yeah. because you're just sitting there, you're like, I really want this, and other people are like, you're fucking nuts. Yeah, Versus totally. like, oh no, yeah. I got just the thing. Yeah. yeah, he was always the the yes man and just made everything happen. It was really cool. And it had a vibe to it. Yeah, totally. And the vibe was created by Bart Budwig, our, our homie, that mixed it. I mean, we created part of the vibe, but he, <laughs> he, he mixed it with a total, just like, I felt like it has a watery sound to it. I don't know if anybody else picks that up, but once I re- listened to the whole record after it was all mixed, it, I, I was just so amazed how he, like, um, he just put this whole essence over all the songs that really made them go well together and it, that was one of our fears is there's so many different genres within that one album disco and a little bit of soul and funk and then go down strip it down to like super folky trumpety stuff so it's like all over the place so I was I was concerned that it would be disjointed and disconnected but Bart like put his little watery touch on all of it and now it's all blue together dust sparkle dust yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> so who wrote whose breakup song? Oh, <laughs> I wrote Lori's breakup song. Yeah. Well, we wrote it together, but she started it and wrote most of it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you often, you usually write together, right? Yeah, yeah. it's mm. been pretty 50-50. I mean, do you probably finish each other's sentences? I've heard you do word association. Does it association. You say so. Association. No, oh, there you go. I am the asshole, I thought. No, but does it work that way lyrically? Do you sometimes finish each other's stanzas? Maybe, probably. Yeah. I we do line for lines, yeah. Mm-hmm. But mostly it's, yeah, like somebody has a thought and, yeah, we, yeah, I'd yeah. say so. Yeah. <laughs> I never yeah. really thought about that, but I'm sure that's been a... I mean, that's a beautiful... What about melodies? I mean, you know, on the twin factor here, right? I, there's a lot of things that, if we ask you questions, I mean, your answers are going to be very much, well, we don't know how it is not being twins. So mm-hmm. I, I get that. Yeah. But I, I'm curious, though, with music, do you hear a melody, do you like hum a melody and she's like, oh, I... You know, you you've been having that melody in your head as well, or anything like that. Hmm, we haven't experienced that yet. That would no. be so rad. We'll you, work on that. You call yourself <laughs> twins. I know. I know. Everybody asks us that. Do you have the? We don't have any tricks. You, you have this, you know, telekinesis. Is that what it's called? But the truth is, we've never, we haven't been apart for long enough to like really be able to read each other's minds because yeah. we're just like always right next to each other and Gosh, you know in the same Paul and world. McCartney. Right. I mean, <laughs> even like going to college, like not only did you go to the same college, but you studied the same degree and we're in the same classes even right yeah <laughs> yeah we so just we're the, like the same stuff yeah we're the twiniest twins we know yeah. we always say because like we meet other twins especially and even other twins that are in the same band together and but when i talk to them they're like oh yeah we you know we she went to this college i went to this college we've lived apart you know they've done different things in their life and we're like we've so never, many shared experience yeah we have we just i've always wanted the same thing so it's it's not like i can't do it without her but it's just like well might as well do it together we both want to do it yeah and it's we wouldn't fun. we would never like exclude the other one from something but yeah it is quite an advantage given how important next chemistry is in music yeah you know what i mean yeah a lot of bands you know are, are always pushing for that and you guys have it naturally coming right out of the gate Aww. that's quite a so anyway the breakup song is safe right yeah, yeah. and how long ago was that written that, that, that one's the kind of there's a part of it's been lingering or what, what was the story on that song it's all a ling- it was a lingering breakup and a lingering song and I, I yeah I wrote that that line just the the hook the chorus line all I want is a love that feels safe and I wrote that long a, a long time ago and just popped in my head and just just thinking about my own love too or, or just any love you know that you feel is just you know Sketchy. tumultuous, yeah, and yeah. has yeah, like it could just shift at any moment, and that could be gone, and it's just like you're always on edge, and you know, there's all, there's so many loves like that, and um, so just yearning for, I think it was I wrote it during my yearning for my own relationship, but then it fit Lori's a lot better at the moment, so we just made it about Lori. <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> <laughs> what so? What's your definition of love? Uh, is it? Is it as what the movies portray? You know, what, what's your thoughts? Ooh, no, it's not what the movies portray. Never. <laughs> love is so many different things. I don't think I can. De- nobody can define love, but for me, I think it's yeah, feeling safe within a relationship, just safe in all senses of the word. Of just you know, like literally feeling safe with somebody, having them be able be able to protect you, and you be able to protect them. And um, but also just safe to be completely yourselves with each other, and um, and in your case, to be appreciative and not jealous of the bond that you two have. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a big deal. We always say it takes, it takes a, a very strong, strong man, man to date a twin. <laughs> <laughs> Are you what t- we always say. 
It's like, don't, don't be. I always say. So, like, when you have kids, it's not going to be like, mama used to say. It'll be like, mama's used to say. Yeah, (laughs) totally. We'll share kids, too. Yeah. (laughs) Now, what what have we done? I thought of of once in a lifetime when I first saw the title. You know what I'm talking about? My God. What have I done? No. Once in a lifetime, talking heads. Once in a lifetime. Yeah, that one. No, that's (laughs) the end of the verses. That's uh, Vegas. Well, you know, that's, uh, oh my God, no. We're thinking of totally different songs. (laughs) I wonder if Sinatra ever did that. Yeah, I'm talking about talking heads. I like all these people. I just don't know any of these lyrics. (laughs) I know that one. Yeah, it's, uh, (laughs) what what is it? Am I right? You may say to yourself, am I right? Am I wrong? You may say to yourself, my God. Yeah. What have I done? Yeah. So, but yours is more of a, you know, larger America, what the hell's going on kind of vibe, right? Yeah. And you're, you're Bernie ladies, right? Hell yeah. yeah. Bernie 2020. <laughs> How's the campaign looking? What do you think? Speaking of burning down the house. <laughs> burning oh, down the house. I didn't even house. think of that. <laughs> no, see, sometimes the puns are good. So <laughs> what do you guys think better. about? Do you mind talking about politics for a minute? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's well, hard. We are I'm, in I'm, front of a courthouse. <laughs> yeah, we are in front of a courthouse in front of all these youths that have probably just yeah. finished. It's, God, I hope you all marching. It's their future. Yeah, it's totally their future. We're We stand with them and... You're sitting right now. Yeah, we're <laughs> sitting yeah, with them. Sitting, They're sitting with But in my heart, I'm standing. <laughs> um, yeah, political, being political is, like, we're not that political of people, but um, the band is. We talk about politics all, all the time, and I learn from them and stuff, and um, definitely, you know, I'm getting way more into it, and that's why we love Bernie so much is because he woke us up and just kind of, like, started that whole revolution for us and into being, you know, more awake and more um, aware of what's going on around us because he, you know, before I couldn't give a shit. You know, it's just like, I don't care about these people. They're just terrible humans. They're always going to be terrible humans. And I just kind of gave up. But Bernie lit a fire into my ass. And so I'm also just, the world is ending. So, yeah. well, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's not just him. There's it's a little the, more pending doom. Yeah. Uh, I know you're afraid of the quake. We all know about that. Yes, I mean, yes, yes. It's going to shake us down. Um, but it's tough to be political because we get, like, after that, we released a lyric video for that song, What Have We Done? And got some nasty people just telling us just like oh, people just, not, just one I mean a couple you know a couple, that's just all like, it takes though a hundred compliments and one asshole I yeah know. you only think like, of the asshole yeah just totally people get pissed when artists try to stand up for stuff and be political and to make a statement like oh, just stick to entertaining or just be you know just what are we here right. for man yeah. it's like we have time. to talk about the music is the best way to talk about stuff and to light fires under people's ass and we don't have like a big torch or anything, but we got little lighters. We're gonna light some stuff. <laughs> We're gonna yeah. light some little fires. No, burning sunglasses. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the thing is that now, what you're traveling around the country and and constantly you're seeing people that are on either side of the spectrum, right? Yeah. Yet, when you're performing, and you meet them after the show. There's so many similarities, so many things that that don't come up, and then it's like one thing, and that that lights the fire. Right. But I don't think we're as separate as everyone makes us sound. Yeah. As the news makes us sound, and as we all are starting to think we are, it's almost it's weird, and it'll become a self fucking fulfilling prophecy if mm-hmm. this continues. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Our buddy Steve Poltz has a really good story about that. He has this like wonderful moment with this older guy. The guy told him that he like helped him laugh and feel again and he was crying they were embracing each other and crying and then the old older man turns around and ter- puts puts a maga, maga. Hat on and and he was just heartbroken but then was like you know what i'm the we're, asshole yeah i'm the asshole like we're not Still that different you? yeah we're not that different you're just it's basically you know new york mets and uh, well, actually yankees and red sox huh sure 
I feel better about that now that we've won championships. <laughs> you guys are sporty. Oh, I am sporty. not. But you're listening to Sports Radio with Rob Turner. But it does seem like a lot of a lot of solutions could come from focusing on our commonalities. You know, the one yeah. thing that makes me cringe the most, I, I'm I'm probably left leaning anti extremist centrist, is when one side says, "I like country, but I like western." Everybody on the other side is an asshole. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's oh, not. We're the kind and decent people. Why can't everybody just be kind of decent? That's arrogant. But yeah. the, but go ahead, just pay attention to like watching some of these documentaries, right? From like uh, this, you know, this political side in the '60s and '70s, and all of a sudden you're like, holy shit! Wait a second, Democrats were. They, we, it they, was we a swapped. different time. Yeah, yeah they were more totally. tolerant of speech. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of weird. Like so, yeah. we're and we're just now. Like, can we just be now? And can we can we work on what's important? And I and I'm I'm glad to see the kids. Speaking of the kids, mm-hmm. they're really starting to take a stance in the environment, kind of like our gen. Well, I don't. I'm a, I'm 42, so. I don't know. You yeah, look. You, you look younger. Same-ish. We're elder millennials. Uh, yeah, we just ah. learned that's what we are. Elder, elder millennials. <laughs> elder millennials. Uh-huh. The ones that still know about the non-internet life. Yeah, no. we have wow. and are like uh-huh. fully engulfed in the internet life, A little but above. still have our feet in the. So you know the sound of. T- <laughs> exactly. Whoa, whoa, That's our vocal warm-up before the shows. Yeah, don't really? don't ruin your vocal. You got dial you got songs to sing Did you tonight. two fight as kids though, like to yeah. get on the internet, or did you share the internet? Were you sharers as kids, or did you fight all the time? We were no, pretty we sharey. Fight. Yeah, we shared. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I remember just, like, one fight. You, typed, was you typed on half the keyboard. You typed on the other half. No. Yeah, I had ASDF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my. I got the right hand. Q Oh my god. W E. Quirk. Quirk. Q R K. Q F. You guys fight at all, ever? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but it's like a, it's a specific kind of fight. It's a twin fight. <laughs> the trust of, it never goes away. Yeah, and yeah. you can just like, we snap at each other and then it just like dissipates quicker than... What's your birth signs? I'm assuming. Leo. Leo, okay. Big time. Because if you were Gemini's, that would, that would be quadruple. Yeah, I know. That'd be kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Really? Intense. Yeah, because Gemini's the twin. Yeah, they're like, is it... Twinny because they're like split, split personalities. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Gemini, so am I. Oh, yeah. uh. I, was, I was just <laughs> talking this snarky puppy horns about a song called Gemini. It's oh. a weird connection. Yeah. Can you tell us about Dog Beach? Dog yes. Beach. Oh, thank you for asking. Yes, that that's is, a really cool story. Yeah, it's a really, really special song to us. And ooh, this kid is taking charge. Are. Anyway, um, it's natural yeah. ambiance, people. <laughs> Um, See, this is an organic interview because your music is so organic. So oh, we're doing our most yeah. organic setting I'd, interview. I like, I like to be in the dirt, dirt and the under a tree. This Plus, it's beautiful. just starting to be fall. We're going to get hot yes. again, but it's so nice out. It's gorgeous. It's so nice out. It's the coolest day since April. Yeah. Speaking really of the beach. Yeah. yeah. If only we had a campfire because the, the dog beach is super campfiery. Yeah. Put the app campfire in between us and I'll tell the story of dog beach. Yeah, we grew up. Our whole lives, we uh, my parents have a lot of best friends, and uh, they have kids, and so we our whole scene growing up, we called it the village, where there was just a whole bunch of homies that that, that was the family, you know, and um, we kind of had four fathers, and one of them we lost in 2016, and but our whole lives, he he's a great musician too. Oh, the campfire app is here. That's oh just my a picture. God. I need some crackles. Oh my god! <laughs> Bring out the s'mores. <laughs> Um, anyway, his name is Ted. <laughs> yes. Um, his name is Ted Bowers, and he is—he oh, was the most wonderful man ever. And um, 
uh, he, yeah, he's a musician and he only wrote this one song and we would always beg him to play it at every campfire in, around village times and uh, he would always be resistant because he just oh, never right. thought it, yeah, he never thought it was great but it was, it's such a great campfire song. It's a call and response awesome campfire song and um, I was digging through old tapes with my dad couple years after he died and um found the perfect recording of him from 1989 at my grandparents uh, anniversary party and uh, he was singing this song and but you couldn't really hear the his homies all our parents and everybody singing along in that 80s tape and so i got the spark of inspiration like oh my gosh we should take have take this tape and then take it now into the future and we'll record the responses ourselves with uh, our you know our generation our homies Sitting on Dog Beach Sitting on Dog Beach Log against my back Log against my back Looking at the lake across the railroad track Sitting around the campfire Sitting around the campfire Telling tall stories Telling tall stories Of midnight dreams and morning Absolutely, and just what a gift just to have the opportunity to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. that was so, so cool. cool. My grandma was super OCD about recording a bunch of stuff. That's why we have grandpa, grandpa's piano. She would just, like, press record every time really? he sat at the piano. Yeah. She actually like had two of copies of that, yeah. and one of them ones. broke, yeah, so we like, were so thankful. Yeah, just uh, like a shitty old recorder. She would yeah. just always have it around. And, and those recordings of my grandpa playing piano are, like, from the couple, last yeah. couple months of his life. Yeah, they're oh, wow. so priceless. Well, since we're talking about... Grandparents and stuff. Maybe we should jump in the Wayback Machine, Seth. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Where did you grow up? How'd you first find music? I mean, imagine at a young age. Yeah, Grandpa, Grandpa's piano. That's kind of why we put it on the the record. Yeah. How How old though? How young? We were like we would always crawl under his piano and sit there and listen to him when we were, you know, really little. Two, three, four, five, and we wrote a song going out to grandparent, grandma and grandpa's house. Oh yeah, oh, that was our first song. We're, we're on, on our way, way to grandma's house. It's not too buzz. It's not too buzz. Nice. <laughs> we never knew, still to this day, what the hell buzz meant. <laughs> but yeah, just listening to grandpa play, and that was always in us. And uh, our dad played some guitar, and mom sang a mean lullaby. But uh, we really got into it in like fifth grade is when we started doing choir and falling in love with singing together we're such choir nerds and everything together all along the way yeah oh yeah because you know how kids are they always are looking for their individuality and I mean there's a lot of great things in being twins was it ever frustrating to have someone exactly you know what I mean no or was it all, that's up, a, such no, a good yeah I, such a good attitude yeah, we're, for, <laughs> yeah. we're fortunate we just never yeah. that emotion of individuality if that's that emotion probably also helps with your yeah, environment I mean growing up in Portland right yeah well we grew up in North Idaho actually North, oh yeah. Okay. in the Portland yeah yeah but uh, we, uh, we've we been in like this whole phase of our life we grew up in Portland as well too because <laughs> moved there at 25 so what were your first concerts that you attended New Kids on the Block baby yep 
91. Have you, have you revisited them since? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. we just, I've always loved them. What's the whisper? The, the oh, yeah. Can't stop the whisper. <laughs> what about it? I can't sing that one with you. So yeah. Never Boston. felt so good or whatever. I don't know. Their new shit is amazing. One of them's a Wahlberg, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Donnie. No, okay. yeah, Donnie. Yeah, Donnie. You won't mm-hmm. catch me at a New Kids show, but recently we saw the Rockin' Tours, and after uh, we went to a bar, and it was filled with women. And I was like, what's going on? To find out that NSYNC was playing at Phillips Arena right down the street. Oh. So, being single, I'm going to look for when these bands are playing and go to the bars after. That's what I'm saying. Because he, he likes the word no. Oh. <laughs> no, I like being slapped, Rob. <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs> At any rate. So when it, it, you first started gigging as a duo in Portland? In, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you remember your earliest gigs? Oh, yeah. yeah. First gig was at O'Charlie's restaurant in Actually, Virginia. Yeah, in Virginia. We were living like there for chain. six months or so. What were you doing in Virginia? My boyfriend got a job out there, and Lori's boyfriend was from there, and so we're like, he, cool, yeah, yeah. let's go to Virginia. Yeah, was yeah. that planned boyfriend action? <laughs> no. One I guy mean, went, and you're like, oh, I got to get a Virginia guy. <laughs> no, no, no. We're natural magnets. <laughs> but we all four moved out to Virginia for six months. That was cool. It was fun. Lived together. It was great. So then you come back to Portland like seasoned professional musicians ready to... Yeah, one gig at O'Charlie's, and you're <laughs> yeah, ready that's good. It. Yeah. Tour. Oh, O'Charlie's oh, oh, since they're in. <laughs> so, so this leads to a question that's been kind of hanging in my head I've heard you all once talk about being on the road and 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 how the job of being a musician you constantly you know you, you make X number of dollars and as you progress you make a little bit more but then you now have a lighting person or now another band member or now yeah. this how is it how's your perspective changed throughout these years in making a living in this industry mm. yeah. <laughs> we have lots of feelings on that <laughs> it's hard oh uh, yeah it's really hard uh I know um, at this at our level, um, the non tour bus, non um, you know, kind of di- still DIY ish level. That's what I call it, I guess. Um, it's a, only it's a cool van, but it's still a van. Yeah, it's a very cool van. We love our Sprinter, and we're super fortunate to even have a Sprinter. Um, uh, it's just I I am starting to realize that you really can't make. I mean, we make a comfortable living but we're not you know going to be able to buy houses or anything anytime soon or glasses more than two dollars exactly yeah we only two dollar glasses, glasses budget people. dude we need the budget to go up we need gucci <laughs> um you only really make a killing if you're just a solo person i think you know and and uh we don't want to do that so we, we love know. having a band we love having a band yeah. and we love having all we have a lot a really great team but it's just like the more people you have helping right. the more the pie we just want more we need more pie we need bigger pies <laughs> multiple pies are you, split up. are you focusing on publishing <laughs> yeah we're um, gonna, that's we, our newest yeah that's the newest do you own all your songs right yeah. huh all yeah. you're keeping own. the ownership of all your songs oh yeah own the Steve Miller yeah right oh did he get screwed no 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 oh. quite the he took the money and ran oh, oh. is that what that song's about that was Bayless I stole that from Bayless what oh. Oh. is that what that song's about no no oh, no, no no but He's a, he's a cranky guy, yeah, but he's, a, he's wealthy as hell because he kept his publishing. And oh, it's like, smart. he has no reason to be as cranky as he is, but let's not talk well, about that. Well, the, the <laughs> artists that I know that are, that are older and successful in the way of still getting mailbox checks yeah. are all publishing. You know, yeah. that seems like the secret the that way a to lot go, of yeah. artists don't, don't consider. Yeah. Other streams oh, we of consider it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like soundtracks and stuff we like that, which, by the way, yeah. Hollywood of the Southeast is Atlanta. Play your hearts out. You never know who's going to be there tonight. All right. And you got you great know, management. Or yeah, we do. We, we have a great, great team. team. Yeah. How, how long have you been with Phil? 
like our whole, whole time. career. The whole career. He started yeah. booking us. We grew up together. It's he's like our brother. He's yeah. amazing. Tell the f- listeners who Phil is. Phil Einson is our manager from our day to day manager from day one. Right <laughs> he on, first Phil. started booking us and then yeah transitioned to managing and he brought us to Seven S the management company. And yeah, it's just been a slow, steady rise this whole time, and it's just, it's just really slow. That's our only slow and steady, <laughs> yeah. which is ironic because you're in a sprinter, not a marathoner. It's more like crawler. <laughs> yeah, a marathon. So, what was the turning point when you're playing Portland, where you said, "Oh boy, we could we could do this professionally. We're not just sisters, you know, riffing. We got something going on here." Uh, yeah, we get asked that a lot. We, oh, great. Uh, <laughs> no, that's okay. Not that specific. I just heard people fast forward. <laughs> Please wait, we got, wait. Don't. We got pulled over, and a cop asked us the same question. Guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we just don't really have an answer. It's always just been we just keep doing it, and then keep realizing what needs to happen, and then trying to do it. You know, there was never a definitive moment where like we could be professional. We should just keep doing it. It was just we start. We just never. We graduated college and never got real jobs, and just started playing weekly gigs and gathering more people to play with us and then it just got more and more legit and we never stopped and you guys never were like professionally trained other than choir right yeah. i mean you your instruments you just learned i mean i'm sure you've had some influences that sat you down and said well maybe you want to do it this way or yeah something. i've had yeah. a couple of lessons but yeah not really yeah. we're self-taught just looked up chords on the internet <laughs> yeah we are we consider our, <laughs> our voices are our main instruments do you block off time and say this is our creative time, or does it? Do the songs just come out of nowhere? Yeah, we, we block, block off time, and then they come out of nowhere. <laughs> All right, but you, how often do you write on tour and like? Yeah, none. No, yeah, we have. Yeah, we don't. Not we none, need to seclude ourselves in the West Wing. <laughs> yeah. Do you do retreats in old libraries and stuff? Yeah, we in go. We cabins. Gone to and, a, yeah, cabin in the mountains and um, spare air, Airbnbs just in town, just to try to. It, we can't. I can't even really write in my house anymore because I'm just getting so distracted. I just want to like vacuum and stuff. <laughs> you should go to that hotel where they filmed The Shining. Isn't Ooh, that in Oregon? Yeah, yeah. The Timber Lodge. Yeah, there's a couple That'd of cool retreat spots too. Oregon's awesome for offering artists spaces. Oregon's and there's so many great as as we said donors. A lot of great donors. Oregon donors. <laughs> I'm what? reminding you that you're encouraging him when you laugh like that. Sorry, that was just. <laughs> Uh, that was pretty good. Oregon <laughs> <Excuse laughs> <me>. dope. <laughs> but like Fruition, who I just saw last night, and TK and the Know Nothings, and there's tons of tons. great songwriters coming out of, of Portland. Is it is it in the water? Is it is it a reaction to the Portlandia series? What, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Portlandia did, did do something. I yeah. think it, it shined a light on it. It for sure. blew, did, blew it up. Now there was 115 people moving there a day yeah. for the past like 10 years. It's, it's going to be a changed vibes. I actually hear that people are moving from Denver to there, which is yeah. mind blowing. Wow, astonishing. Yeah, because I, everyone's moving to yeah, Denver. Yeah, so many people are moving there. It's yeah. insane. I shouldn't say that. We don't know what changed it, but Portland's changing. And it seems like it happened around that time. <laughs> yeah, ten years ago when we first got there, it was like, yeah, there was like this raw. But what was the question? Just the it's something in the water with the oh, musicians yeah. and yeah. stuff. Yeah, there's just such a there's such a cool scene. It's still a really great scene, and that's why we've stayed there. It's just like such a community, and there's no real like comp- competitive vibes. You know, everybody's pretty collaborative, and everybody yeah. shares teammates, members, whatever. It's just it's all great. Well, on the collaborative piece, uh, when you're back home and you're just being yourselves. Are you collaborating with other mu- other songwriters and and working on different things like that, or is it like we're yeah. gonna start doing that more? Yeah, yeah. and we we have done 
songwriting with or, or, or just collaborative yeah. um, projects with other people, but never some of the, sat down and wrote a song yet. So. Who are some of the people you want to write with or work with? John Craigie. Yeah, John Craigie. I want to write with Fruition Kids. I think that would be really fun to do. They're not in Portland Taylor, anymore. They're yeah. all over the place. I know. Now they all moved yeah, away. Right? Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to write with Taylor. He's awesome. Yeah, it's that we should team collaborate more. We've been thinking that. Mm-hmm. But you also have history in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, we get a little bit. there a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where the whole egg thing happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, the you golden egg. <laughs> can we dive into this? Can we can we crack yeah. into it is what he meant. Yeah, I mean, it could <laughs> Sorry, be a long... I shouldn't laugh. Yes. Yeah. Don't encourage this guy. Hang on, um, I, got, I got a dollar. Hang on. Yeah, really, when he starts doing stand-up, I don't know, I only do, he's going to pay you to be the audience. I only do sit-down <laughs> comedy. I see. I've never even heard you do any comedy. At any rate, so the golden egg... <laughs> Yeah, do you first of all? Do How you do we still start ha- in? And this? this is for first of all. Do yeah. you still have the egg? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Here now, tonight it, in Decatur. Aren't you supposed to give the egg? Yes. That is. You're a waiting for that moment to reveal itself, sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know when I'll know, but I'll know. You'll know. And Just like you knew when it was supposed time. to go to you. Yeah. yeah. All right. So tell the story of the like egg. when you open for Dylan. You know. Here you yeah, go, Bob. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. What is it? I don't want this egg. I don't need eggs. I don't have room for my Just give me a Bloody Mary. All right. Uh, I first saw it under the arm of a man outside of a bar in Seattle. And by the way, what band was playing? Hockey. You know hockey? Oh, yeah. I love hockey. Hockey. He's from Massachusetts. Are you kidding me? Nice. I I found out about that band because of the name, I got to admit. Yeah. They're dope. They're really good friends, and they're not a band anymore, I don't think. They're not. I didn't know that. Um, That I didn't know. Yeah. um, And... Sorry, I just am like extremely hungry at this moment. <laughs> Thank you about this. It's because I didn't tell you is we're in Decatur. Downtown Decatur has some of the best restaurants mm-hmm. in all of Atlanta. Some of the best chefs, just culinary, like magic here. Ooh. Iberian Pub with tapas right there. That is an amazing <laughs> one. And right behind food. you is going to get more Sweet distracted. And the Brick Store. Brick Store is one of for twenty years. Uh, to basically revolutionized the whole beer. Going out and drinking beer. They've got a Belgian bar upstairs. Right, they that, can pay. They can Ooh, pay to oh, sponsor been there. the show. Oh, they can. They, you know what? We've they've given there. me free drinks before, so they've paid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Any rate, though, it's a really, really cool good, spot. Good times. So you're outside the track. Was it the Tractor Tavern? Yeah. No, it was probably somewhere else something in Seattle. Like that, yeah. Um And the guy, I was intrigued by the egg, and he said that some lady had given it to him and told him to sign it and pass it on to the next person. And I knew immediately that I was the next person. How long did he have the egg for? Uh, not long, like a few hours, I think, that night. He wasn't dedicated. He didn't he fall in he love. Knew, I mean, he was just trying to pick up chicks. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's what I needed so the golden the egg. the egg slowly yeah. became a, a musical instrument. I put popcorn in the top of it, and now it's filled with everyone's hopes and dreams. And um, so now it's a giant egg shaker, and we experimented with putting a, putting a contact mic on it and making it into a drum. It had some cool tones. We, need, I, we want to soup it up and put some more stuff on it but um, has it been part of any of your recordings studio yeah, yeah, yeah oh it did yeah. oh you have yeah you can the, hear it it's in on, on like, toll free on our album what we do you can, mm-hmm. it's like it, yeah you have, she has to th- toss it in the air and catch it on time because you can't really like it's so big you can't shake it like a normal egg shaker shake back like and forth because it's yeah. just like the latency you just, it's like, hard to harness off. all those hopes and yeah. dreams oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I know it's also revealed itself more the story and started as a performance art piece, like flash mob dance with 30 people dressed as chefs in, oh, wow. outside Speaking of Seattle. Of Decatur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And each one of those chefs gave an egg out to the surrounding audience and told them that it will grant wishes and that to take it 
and into the so there's 30 journeys that this woman yeah. her name's Lucia Nere who created them and created that so there's other stuff. eggs out oh. there oh there's yeah other eggs. Yeah, if you have an egg if you don't yes. get any information <laughs> yes email us <laughs> if you have one of the golden eggs inside out wtns at gmail.com we'll put you right on the show upon sight and confirmation of egg <laughs> I know I really want to find another one but you were also performing once in someone... Yeah, and that's yeah. how we... Its story unfolded itself to us. Oh, yeah, I right. forgot about those guys. Sorry, I'm hungry. I can't that's think... That's right. I feel bad. Well, <laughs> we'll feed you at Eddie's. I forgot about those Well, <laughs> no pun intended here, but we'll wrap this up pretty soon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Has Eddie so Vedder gone to one of your shows yet in Seattle? Eddie Vedder? Yeah. Oh. Does he go out... Does he just go yes. around shows? Yeah, so oh does Stone. Wow. Well, I don't think Stone lives there anymore. Cool. Huh. But that would be yeah. awesome. I think they would take you, man. Oh, thanks. Well, he's man. a big listen, big time listener, Rob. Yeah. So, so are, are you performing now any material that you Third. plan for future releases? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're releasing uh, stuff yeah. right now. Yeah, we're and releasing you, singles right now, but that recording we did a couple months ago. And you uh, don't mind waiting, you don't, you don't wait till the release to start playing them live. You just get them out there. Um, these EP singles that we're putting out this next three months, uh, there are some of we only have two new songs that we haven't been playing live. But yeah, they're brand that is new. something we're doing differently this time. We have like a handful of songs that we're going to record this winter, but we, that we haven't played live at all. And uh, that was something we consciously chose to do. Even though I've always stood by, I love being able to play play the songs for. Yeah. But sometimes we played it for like years until we recorded it, and then once we released it, it was like, yeah, 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 we've heard this. <laughs> so what's yeah. new? Well, that'll yeah. be fun though. That'll be a new experience yeah. for you. Yeah. Like to, yeah. So we're excited to yeah like, release these new songs. Do you and crush in Boise? Do we crush in Boise? Yeah. <laughs> crush a little. Uh, we crush a little. Yeah. We, we, we sell out we stuff. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We gently <laughs> tap. Yeah. I mean, what, your next question. Look at your notes here. <laughs> Are you playing Antarctica anytime soon? Oh my god! Well, that'd, that'd, be, that'd be awesome. That's a, I've I driven really to play Antarctica. I drove the Panhandle on the way to the gorge. Have you ever been to the gorge? Oh yes, yeah, that's a dream. It's Grew gorgeous. Up. That's our goal. Gorgeous. We want to play the gorge. That would be. That's why you're like overwhelming. It should be like a Portland musicians gorge mm. thing. Like if, uh, songwriters that have collaborated with you all. I like this idea. Yeah, let's just then we'll, play, we'll bring you to the gorge. Host us yeah. at the gorge. We're just a couple homies <laughs> that want to play to 20,000 people, NBD. <laughs> <laughs> So, so normally, a lot of times our interviews sit for a while, but this, I think, is going to go out pretty soon. Yeah. So tell us what's coming up with, for touring-wise and what, what are, uh, are event-wise. Yeah. And uh, besides the singles, too, uh, give us more specific. When, when will they be available? And Sweet. Yeah, I think like every two weeks-ish, we're going to be dropping these singles. We got five we, total. Today. Today. Yeah. We dropped one today. today. Whoa. Yeah. Did you see that? <laughs> Boom. It's dropped right there. <laughs> and then... Uh, which songs are those? It's uh, this one today is called "Want Love Acoustic." Uh, okay. It's a version that we did with Abra and Nico. We just recorded a bunch of different songs and different versions of them. Yeah, we took with three songs off the B side of "Some Good Lives." Uh, no choice, want love, and message, and we just recorded them super acoustically and stripped down and just a different vibe. And uh, the whole EP is going to be called "Thought of a B Side," and huh. uh, but there will be two new ones coming out last. Um, that Lori wrote all by herself. All by herself. <laughs> okay, and we'll look out for those. Yeah. And now, want love is that uh, is that in response to the breakup song? No, yeah, it's that's just my love. mature love song. Caitlin's mature love yeah, song. She's Lori had mature. the breakup song. She's very mature. I'm mature. I'm engaged. I'm mature. I'm <laughs> oh, congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. 
Uh, but then in October, we were stoked. We're doing this Halloween run uh, tribute to the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Oh, right, no, I saw that. Tell us of, about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're just like, we want to encourage Dirty Dancing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> who's and doing the, the lift? And who's being I know, lifted? we have to we figure that out. Man. Have, have you worked that out Hire people yeah. each night. Yeah, we need to work that out. So are you covering some of the same songs? But like, what's the whole deal? Yeah, we have like a, to that soundtrack. It's awesome. Super awesome soundtrack. And it's really nostalgic for us. And uh, yeah, we're just going to do like a super dancey shook show with this uh, dirty dancing thing spliced into it. It's like what we did for the Pulp Fiction uh-huh. soundtrack. We did this two years ago. We like to splice things in around Halloween. No, That's I like what we that. Do. But I'm, now I'm thinking like Catskills and like old Jewish people. Are they going to be at the show? That's his style of comedy. <laughs> That's, he's always thinking like that. Who's going to carry the watermelon? We, oh, we are. are. You yeah. both. Yes. Oh, yeah. That is that is one thing we have thought. We're going to yeah. run off stage, get changed. Don't say it. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, don't give it away. I'll delete that. I'll, uh, we won't make any edits but that. <laughs> Will it be a gold watermelon? <laughs> sure. That's, that's an idea. Ooh, we could carry. All right. We want to let you go, but I feel I feel like I've been remiss because uh, your sound now is a big part of it is these three musicians that you have with you. Yes. Could you yes. close by talking about how they've changed you and how, how each of them are important to you and, and yeah. what they mean to you? Yes. Yeah. Our band rules. Yeah. Actually, have two newer members since uh, our last album release. Um, but with us, as usual, and always is Nico Slice on electric guitar and mandolin. And great name. And, yeah. and he plays Bond. bass with us when we're a trio, and he helps us produce. And he's a big part of our sound with all his cool vibes and his really awesome tones. And helping you produce? Is he producing stuff on the uh, in the van? In the van? Yeah, is he like still working on stuff as you guys are going? He's just yeah. constantly working on Instagramming and uh, yeah, making hard tuning art. and <laughs> making hard art. Yeah, he's <laughs> and it's what Nico Case fans say while they're tailgating. I'm gonna go in and get me some Nico slice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, was, and then uh, <laughs> and then uh, I'm appealing to your the fans. New, our newest member is. Alex Rudakovich on drums. She's a badass babe drummer. That New Yorker. And she yes. yeah just moved to New York from Portland, which we're kind of bummed about, but stoked for her because she's amazing. And but we're gonna keep flying her around. I think mm-hmm. she's just so great. She's mm-hmm. the best. Ever. And it's good to have a New York presence. Yeah. Let's yeah. Be real. Yeah, yeah. No. Seriously. You ever get you get in trouble? You like put her in the front. That's true. Yes. The fuck. She's tough. Yeah. The fuck you talking uh, about? And then uh, our second newest member is Aber Miller on keys and bass. He's playing bass with keys with his left hand and then just throwing these nasty tasty vibes over the top of it with like whirly and Rhodes mm, tones and I love stuff. that sound so, yeah and the it's been really circling. awesome to play with a keyboard player be- and he just like really fits into our music so well I just yeah, love we never, hearing him every night yeah so. we never thought we would have keys but it, yeah, on, the, on some good lives there is a lot of key stuff underneath and so we thought that that would be nice to have to fill that you know fill that void when we're live and and then we happened to need a bass player, too, so we put two in one man. Nice. Yeah. So go. let's save space in the van. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Less money to pay out. Let's be real. Let's we should back pay him double. No. Back to that money. Don't say, hey, hey, Easy now. Easy now. It's me on the A-Pay double day. Well, thank you both so much. Yeah. It's a pleasure talking with you all. It's also great doing bingo with you all last year over at the pool at Strings and Soul. Hopefully, you'll be back. Uh, I hope they invite you all back. You'll be be careful last year. Be careful what he talks about to them. What? Be careful what he talks you into with these games. Oh. (laughs) No, we had a good time. (laughs) Do you know Vince Herman? Yeah. Yeah, I love the best. He is the best on the games, right? Oh, I bet. Oh, my God. That'd be the best. (laughs) I mean, uh, Uncle Vince, come on. We always have a good time. Well, we'll let you go eat. Yes, thank you so much. Have a great show tonight. And folks, if you're listening, check them out.
And if you're not listening, Shook <laughs> Twins, and it's some good stories. Some good lives. Some good lives. I'm sorry. That's all right. Yeah, see, that's why I'm not having notes. See, I used to do notes, but first of all, he'd complain that I'd want to actually look at them. <laughs> you and did then, your homework just great. And then also, great. it's like one more thing. I feel better. The conversation flows more naturally. Yeah, totally. I agree. God. Everything's Thank great. you, God. He listened to you. Nobody's hearing him. Nobody's hearing him. Ooh, what? <laughs> Take None care. Of us have right. You're delightful, both of you. Thank you. You're great. Thank Alone you. and together. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might vanish now. Okay. Cause I've been feeling too loud for a while. I'm going quiet. The Shook Twins giving us time in their busy touring schedule. That song is No Choice, an acoustic version. It's their latest single. Check them out. They also Want Love is a recent single. Some Good Lives is the record. Please check them out. Great, great duo and band now. Right, Seth? That's right. Shooktwins.com. Also, TK and the Holy Know Nothings. Dot com for all their tour dates. I want to mention that it's September 28th. They're at Cervantes' other side, and they're a part of a uh, tribute to J.J. Kale and the Kind-Hearted Strangers, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Might want to chase down a recording of that, folks, because I think this this Taylor could nail the J.J. Kale stuff. You said you had a funny story? I got into my car to come up. First of all, Seth calls me. We're, we're supposed to do this at 11.30, and Seth calls me at 10. He's like, we got to do this earlier, but... I didn't say we have to. I said we can. Yeah, I know, but I, I get frantic the day before I'm traveling, so I'm sensitive to that. You have to travel tomorrow, so I, I wanted to honor it. And I also want to get this over with and get back to research. I'm slammed with research all of a sudden. It's great to get back on the interviewing train. I want my listeners to know that we have tons of interviews, and I'm getting into the research mode again. We have great stuff coming your way. But I go, oh, go to open my car and let my dog in. There's dog vomit all over the back seat of the car. Ew. Yeah? You ready for more? Well, it was on a blanket, at least, because I keep a blanket there, so it wasn't on the upholstery. Who did it? It was her, and she hasn't been in the car in two days. Oh. Oh. So I've got a car to work on, Seth. Oh, you're gross. I, I didn't puke. When I puke, I opened the car door. No, but your driving made her puke. <laughs> So I went all the way to the variety to Stereo Lab 
Oh, how was that last and night? And Pitch and Bajas open. It was absolutely amazing. Pitch and Bajas was was um, Schwartz. Uh, Schwartz came late and never. I never saw him. I don't okay. Know. Yeah, he had. A, he had a buddy he was hanging out with. Him. Had, oh, I thought you went with him. Sorry. Anyway, so Stereo Lab. There, w- wonderful. It's it. <laughs> Like these subtle rhythms that build up on you. The woman's voice is kind of, at points, reminded me of Grace Slick. At other points, reminded me of, I don't know, just was very ethereal. And then Bradford Cox of Deer Hunter came out and sat in for oh, the really? encore. Oh, really? Yes. Was he in a positive, happy-go-lucky mood? He seemed very animated up there um, once he got a sound straight. <laughs> but yeah, that was, he's, they've, done, they've collaborated before. And it was That's really, cool. The, 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 the really nice... Um, Droning lead into a song and out, really stretched out, took their time, and then very heartfelt, sincere hugging at the end. It was cool. Stereo Lab had been away for a decade. So yeah, as I, I say, they, they, I don't think I've seen their name around for a while. Completely sold out. As many of these shows have been on the tour, the buzz is out, and I, they don't really need my help. But if they're coming to your town, go see them. If it's not sold out, because I mean that sold- was a Monday night sold yeah. out variety. That's and, great. And they're going to come if, if they come back around. They're going to be bigger venues, folks. So see them now if you want to see them in a small room. I mean, there's that the, they have exploded back on the scene and and uh, restoked the fire. Cool. Well, what other shows? I've seen a ton of shows. Should yeah, dude, you you're you're insane. You're insane. Well, it's like if I'm going to have a music podcast. I might as well go see music. And some of the people in town here, their way of supporting the podcast is by allowing me into shows for free. So psh, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Billy Cobham tonight. Oh, that's tonight. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy that. Good New luck. Master Sounds with Star Kitchen Thursday. I'm, I got all kinds of stuff going on. I just wish I had a memory. What was Saturday night? What did I do Saturday night? Oh, my God. You don't remember going to Randall Bramblett with my son? Oh, that's right. Randall Bramblett duo. Uh, Daryl was in Johnson. the house. Nick Johnson, close friend of mine, wonderful guitarist, also singing more and more. And man, was he playing really well. Uh, they played really well. It was all requests. So they took requests ahead of time and dusted off some material, some stuff they never played together live. So Blue, that was kind of cool. And my son, who's six, you know, he, he hung out the whole time. The well, One of the couples next to us, uh, a couple tables over, is just like in awe. She's like, How did your son, he's how old is he? I go, Six. She's like, How? How does he stay so calm and watch the show? I'm like, because he likes the music. How do you do that? He's a cellist, Suzuki trained. Uh, he, you know, last night Daryl uh, he wanted to do something a little different. To, you know, he was practicing his cello, and we, we we decided, you know, because it's fall and the pool's getting a little cold, so we know we're pretty much done. So we went and grilled dinner at the pool. So I prepared everything and. We're walking over to the pool, and then he, before we left, he's like, he wanted to do a concert. So he dragged, he did his drag, he carried his cello case to the pool all the way up the hill. And as we walked, as we're walking, passing neighbors, he's like, uh, free cello concert at the pool this evening. <laughs> <laughs> so I got some photos of him. Just he set up and he, you know, he practiced and everything. But you see, you know, on Sunday, he had a gig with um, his, his cello group, uh, they have group cello his instructor invited him to play we will rock you uh at the festival on sunday it was a kids uh, decatur art alliance uh youth festival and all the all these kids make their own crafts and they sell them it's really a neat thing um where he he found one craft dealer that had uh, uh scrunchies you know little head head things for women to wrap their hair in and it was the fish donuts, and he recognized it, and he's like, I want to buy that for mom. And the girl, she must have been like 10 years old, that made it, she turns over her phone and it had a fish backing case. <laughs> it's cool. So, so anyway, so Daryl's set up, we are ready everywhere. to go on stage, 
And his instructor just spaces and forgets to call him up and goes right into the tune. So the poor guy is sitting there watching the group play the song that he's been practicing to join them on. And so he was really bummed. And so, you know, his way of dealing with stuff is like, fuck it. I'll have my own concert. <laughs> That's a good primer for the music industry. You know, he might as well learn young. So anyway, at this uh, Nick and uh, Randall show, at one point, they Nick hasn't been singing much in his career. This is a recent thing. First time he sang in his career? My wedding. Is that right? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. He played my wedding as well. Oh, he was the musical maybe, director at my wedding. Maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> I don't know. That was the best part of the wedding. Um, but uh, at one point, they, their voices blended particularly well, and Randall made a joke about them being Sar- Simon and, and Oh, Garfunkel. yeah, Simon Garfunkel. So yeah. I started yelling, Nick is art. Nick is art. So that's my new thing. Nick Johnson is art. Nick. Nick. Yeah, but you're like, Nick is art. Nick is art. So here's the thing. I've seen Randall Bramlett a ton of times. I love Randall Bramlett. Or as Daryl says, Randall Bramlett. But do you see how when you start talking, I stop? You just keep, just go. You, do you don't have to that? stop. You don't have to stop. Just keep talking. I'm just like a, No, I want you to stop when, oh, whatever. Just um, deal with it. You, it's called being a co-host. Anyway, um, so uh, at one point, there's a song, Driving to Montgomery. <laughs> it's so easy to mess with you. Just keep You're not talking. not messing with me. I'm a broadcaster. When someone starts talking, I stop. That was a sound effect. Because when two people talk at the same time, it sounds like shit. Yeah. But he's just one song, Driving Montgomery, which is a great song, but I've seen it like 1,700,000 times. And I had to go to the bathroom. So that was the time, you know, I, once he starts playing, great I had to go story. to the bathroom. So then I go buy merch just to see who the late show is, and I start talking to a guy, and it was Buffalo Gospel. I find out they're old school kind of country and western. I found out they're friends with horseshoes and hand grenades. Who are friends with fruition, and it's all the circle of freaking Portland singer-songwriter, Rob. Sure, but these guys are from the Midwest, nothing to do with Portland. And... um um, and Nick, uh, so the show ends. The the, the women I was with uh, wanted to go on and have dinner with each other, and Nick wanted to hang out. So Nick and I stayed and watched Buffalo Gospel. And dude, what a great show! It was there was only like forty of fifty of us there, but we were totally focused on the 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 songs. So they were playing really affecting some of the quieter stuff from their catalog. I guess they have a ton of songs. It was a fantastic show, Buffalo Gospel. I've already reached out to them. The next time they come to Atlanta. We're gonna ha- we're gonna interview him, have him on the show. It was fantastic. Another this n- new wave, um, although they've been around f- for a long time. But there's just such great country music out there again, Seth. I agree. Although I'm not a big country fan, but when you talk about Jason Isbell and these guys, Struggle little- and all that sort of stuff, these guys had a little Sturgill Simpson. In I them. call him Struggle Simpson. <laughs> yeah, which is funny. I've heard I've heard about that from listeners. But that's funny. Big deal. He's doing okay, don't you think? I, th- doing I think I think quite he's, fine. I think he's doing fine. I want to see him with horns. But anyway, Hornsby, horns, horns, oh. horns, horns. Hornsby's coming. Don't well, we know, don't we know his thanks manager? everyone for listening. We love our listeners. Please leave a review on iTunes if you love us. Or whatever you're listening on, any platform. Yeah, but iTunes is particularly helpful. And if you uh, hate us or don't like us, email us at insideoutwtns at gmail.com. If you're clever about it, we might read it on the air. You can also email Rob directly at rob at insideoutwtns.com. I didn't even know that. You can? Yes, you can. And it goes to my email? It will. Oh, boy. Once I set your Gmail up. Oh, great. Thanks. So that's rob at insideoutwtns.com. The best way to follow me is at R-S-T-N-E-R. That's on Twitter. If those of you are past uh, 50 years old and are on Twitter... Yeah, if you if you don't like diverse uh, 
diversity of thought and diversity of music, then you can always mute me like pussies do. <laughs> All right. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, you know where to find Rob at the toilet at the nearest concert. We love you. you. We love you, listeners. Oh, by the way, here comes some more Shook Twins. And after that, some TK and the Holy Nothings. This is all live, unreleased stuff. Enjoy.
everybody out on stage, Mr. Taylor Kingman from TK and the Holy Go Nothings. We're gonna have Taylor. He might be my favorite songwriter in the world, but the guy can shred a guitar too.